Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. This episode we'll read chapters 49 and 50 and in the last episode we read chapters 47 and 48. And while the trio were traveling to the Wolf House, we learned a bit of history behind the Wolf House. The Wolf House was initially built as a mansion by the famous author and demigod Jack London. It's also known as a cursed site due to the house burning down with no prior knowledge as to why it burned down specifically, but also explains that London found his calling as a demigod and his journey when he was in the area of the Wolf House. We also found out that Jason was also, had also started his journey there, and the area is now known to have immense power and can be dangerous if in the wrong hands. Therefore, if it's in the hands of Gaia, can turn really really ugly for the rest of humanity basically they finally land near the wolf house to see that the hunters are stuck fighting within a thick fog-like atmosphere they meet up with talia to inf- and are informed that they are currently up against three major monsters lycan storm the minions of lycan storm spirits and earthborns Jason starts to slowly recall his past as he goes around the area, and once they reach inside and say and see Hera, uh, well, Leo sees Thea Kalida instead, they try to break her out free, but fail multiple times, and after they fail multiple times, they see that Talia has actually been turned into an ice statue and finally meets someone familiar, Kion, goddess of snow. So now we'll read chapter 49, Jason. After the fight on Mount Diablo, Jason didn't think he could ever feel more afraid or devastated. Now, his sister was frozen at his feet. He was surrounded by monsters. He'd broken his golden sword and replaced it with a piece of wood. He had approximately five minutes until the king of the giants busted out and destroyed them. Jason had already pulled his biggest ace, biggest ace, calling down Zeus's lightning when he fought Enceladus. And he doubted he'd have the strength or the cooperation from above to do it again which meant his only assets were one whiny imprisoned goddess, one sort of girlfriend with a dagger, and Leo, who apparently thought he could defeat the army of darkness with breathments. On top of all of this, Jason's worst memories were flooding back. He knew for certain he'd done many dangerous things in his life, but he'd never been closer to to death than he was right now. The enemy was beautiful. Kion smiled, her dark eyes glittering as a dagger of ice grew in her hand. What have you done? Jason demanded. Oh, so many things. The snow goddess purred. Your sister's not dead, if that's what you mean. She and her hunters will make fine toys for our wolves. I thought we'd defrost them one at a time and hunt them down for the amusement. Let them be the prey for once. The wolves snarled appreciatively. Yes, my dears. Keon kept her eyes on Jason. Your sister almost killed their king, you know. Lycan's off in a cave somewhere, no doubt licking his wounds, but his minions have joined us to take revenge for their master. And soon, Porphyrian will arise and we shall rule the world. Traitor! Hera shouted, you meddlesome D-list goddess. You aren't worthy to pour my wine, much less rule the world. Keon sighed. <sighs> Tiresome as ever, Queen Hera. I've been wanting to shut you off for millennia. Keon waved her hand and ice encased the prison, sealing in the spaces between the earth and tendrils. That's better, the snow goddess said. Now, demigods, about your death. You're the one who tricked Hera into coming here, Jason said. You gave Zeus the idea of closing Olympus. The wolves snarled and the storm spirits whinnied, ready to attack. But Keon held up her hand. Patience, my loves. 
If he wants to talk, what matter? The sun is setting and time is on our side. Of course, Jason agrees. Like snow, my voice is quiet and gentle. And very cold. It's very easy for me to whisper to the other gods, especially when I'm only confirm- confirming their own deepest fears. I also whispered in Aeolus's ear that he should issue an order to kill demigods. It is a small service for Gaia. I'm sure I will be well rewarded when her sons the giants come to power. You could have killed us in Quebec, Jason said. Why let us live? Keon wrinkled her nose. Ah, messy business killing you in my father's house, especially when he insists on meeting all visitors. I did try, you remember. It would have been lovely if he'd agreed to turn you to ice, but once he'd given you guarantee of safe passage, I couldn't openly disobey him. My father is an old fool. He lives in fear of Zeus and Aeolus, but he's still powerful. Soon enough, when my new masters have awakened, I will dispose Boreas and take the throne of the North Wind. But not just yet. Besides, my father did have a point. Your quest was suicidal. I fully expected you to fail. And to help with that, Leo said, you knocked our dragon out of the sky over Detroit. Those frozen wires in his head? That was your fault. You're going to pay for that. You're also the one who kept Enceladus informed about us, Piper said. We've been plagued by snowstorms the whole trip. Yes, I feel so close to all of you now, Keon said. Once you made it past Omaha, I decided to ask Lycaon to track you down so Jason could die here at the Wolf House. Keon smiled at him. You see, Jason, your blood spilled on the sacred ground will taint it for generations. Your demigod brethren will be outraged, especially when they find out the bodies of these two from Camp Half-Blood. They'll believe the Greeks have conspired with giants. It will be... delicious. (laughs) Piper and Leo didn't seem to understand what she was saying, but Jason knew. His memories were returning enough for him to realize how dangerously effective Keon's plan could be. You'll set demigods against demigods, he said. It's so easy, said Keon. As I told you, I only encourage what you would do anyway. But why? Piper spread her hands. Keon, you'll tear the, tear the whole world apart. The giants will destroy everything. You don't want that. Call off your monsters. Keon hesitated, then laughed. <laughs> Your persuasive powers are improving, girl. But I am a goddess. You can't charm speak with me. We wind gods are creatures of chaos. I'll overthrow Aeolus and let the storms run free. If we destroy the mortal world, all the better. They never honored me, even in Greek times. Humans and their talk of global warming. Pah! I'll glue cool them down quickly enough. When we retake the ancient places, I'll cover the Acropolis in snow. The ancient places. Leo's eyes widened. That's what Enceladus meant about destroying the roots of the gods. He meant Greece. You could join me, son of Hephaestus, Keon said. I know you find me beautiful. It would be enough for my plan if these other two were to die. Reject that ridiculous destiny the fates have given you. Live and be my champion instead. Your skills will be quite useful. Leo looked stunned. He glanced behind him like Keon might be talking to somebody else. For a second, Jason was worried. He figured Leo didn't have beautiful goddesses making him offers like this every day. Then Leo laughed so hard he doubled over. <laughs> yeah, join you, right. Uh, until you get bored of me and turn me into a Leosicle? Lady, nobody messes with my dragon and gets away with it. I can't believe I thought you were hot. Keon's face turned red. Hot? You dare insult me? I am cold, Leo Valdez. Very, very cold. 
She shot a blast of wintry sleet at the demigods, but Leo held up his hand. A wall of fire roared to life in front of them, and the snow dissolved in a steamy cloud. Leo grinned. (laughs) See, lady, that's what happens to snow in Texas. It freaking melts. Keon hissed. Enough of this. Hera is failing. Porphyrian is rising. Kill the demigods. Let them be our king's first meal. Jason hefted his icy wooden plank, a stupid weapon to die fighting with, and the monsters charged. And that's the end of chapter 49. We'll have to see how this fight goes. Hopefully that Leo's fire powers will, you know, really be bad. I think Leo's fire powers will be really beneficial to the fight because, you know, heat obviously melts ice and possibly it could be the key towards, um opening Hera's cage because it was said in the prophecy that uh, I believe it was the delve in the forge will break open the cage. So if if Piper and Leo are able to find a possible solution to this, that would be amazing. And although nobody seems to like Hera, I think, you know, she is a goddess in the end. And I think she does want to do, she does do, do mostly everything in the benefit of others. And hopefully after this, she's able to realize that maybe she should not do so many of her antics anymore and possibly change for the better. But, you know, in uh, chapter 550, we'll see how this fight goes and how everyone will use their weapons to their best. And after the break, we'll continue. So see you after the break. And we're back from the ads, and now we're going to read chapter 50, Jason. A wolf launched itself at Jason. He stepped back and swung his scrap wood into the beast's snout with a satisfying crack. Maybe only silver could kill it, but a good old-fashioned board could still give it a Tylenol headache. He turned toward the sound of hooves and saw a storm spirit's horse bearing down on him. Jason concentrated and summoned the wind, just before the spirit could trample him. Jason launched himself into the air, grabbing the, grabbed the horse's smoky neck and pirouetted onto its back. The storm spirit reared. It tried to shake Jason, then tried to dissolve into mist to lose him. But somehow Jason stayed on. He willed the horse to remain in solid form, and the horse seemed unable to refuse. Jason could feel it fighting against him. He could sense its raging thoughts, complete chaos straining to break free. It took all of Jason's willpower to impose his own wishes and bring the horse under control. He thought about Aeolus, overseeing thousands and thousands of spirits like this. Some much worse. No wonder the master of the winds had gone a little mad after centuries of that pressure. But Jason had only one spirit to master, and he had to win. You're mine now, Jason said. The horse bucked, but Jason held fast. Its mane, its mane flickered as it circled around the empty pool, its hooves causing miniature thunderstorms, tempests, whenever they touched. Tempest? Jason said. Is that your name? The horse spirit shook its mane, evidently pleased to be recognized. Fine, Jason said. Now let's fight. He charged into battle, swinging his icy piece of wood, knocking aside wolves and plunging straight through other venti. Tempest was a strong spirit, and every time he plowed through one of his brethren, he discharged so much electricity the other spirit vaporized into a harmless cloud of mist. Through the chaos, Jason caught glimpses of his, other, of his friends. Piper was surrounded by an earthborn, but she seemed to be holding her own. 
She was so impressive looking as she fought, almost glowing with beauty, that the Earthborn stared at her in awe, forgetting that they were supposed to kill her. They'd lower their clubs and watch dumbfounded as she smiled and charged them. They'd smile back until she sliced them apart with her dagger, and they melted into mounds of mud. Leo had taken on Keon herself. While fighting a goddess should have been suicide, Leo was the right man for the job. She kept summoning ice daggers to throw at him. Blasts of winter air, tornadoes of snow. Leo burned through all of it. His whole body flickered with red tongue of flame like he'd been doused with gasoline. He advanced on the goddess using two silver-tipped ball-peen hammers to smash any monsters that got in his way. Leo re- Jason realized that Leo was the only reason they were still alive. His fiery aura was heating up the, in- the whole courtyard, countering Keon's winter magic. Without him, they would have been frozen like the hunters long ago. Wherever Leo went, ice melted off the stones. Even Talia started to defrost a little when Leo stepped near her. Keon slowly backed away. Her expression went from enraged to shocked to slightly panicked as Leo got closer. Jason was running out of enemies. Wolves laid lay in dazed heaps. Some slunk away into the ruins, yelping from their wounds. Piper stabbed the last Earthborn, who toppled to the ground in a pile of sludge. Jason rode Tempest through the last Ventus, breaking, in, breaking it into vapor. Then he wheeled around and saw Leo bearing down on the Goddess of Snow. You're too late, Keon snarled. He's, he's awake, and don't think you've won anything here, demigods. Hera's plan will never work. You'll be at each other's throats before you can even stop us. Leo set his hammer ablaze and threw at the goddess, but she turned into snow, a white powdery image of herself. Leo's uh, hammer slammed into the snow woman, breaking into a steaming mound of mush. Piper was breathing hard, but she smiled up at Jason. Nice horse. Tempest reared on his hind legs, arcing electricity throughout his hooves. A complete show-off. Then Jason heard a cracking sound behind him. The melting ice on Hera's cage sloughed off in a curtain of slush, and the goddess called, Oh, don't mind me, just the queen of heavens dying over here. Jason dismounted and told Tempest to stay put. The three demigods jumped into the pool and ran to the spire. Leah frowned. Uh, Tia Kalita, are you getting shorter? No, you don't. The earth is claiming me. Hurry! As much as Jason disliked Hera, what he saw inside the cage alarmed him. Not only was Hera sinking, the ground was rising around her like water in a tank. Liquid rock had already covered her shins. The giant wakes, Hera warned. You only have seconds. On it, Leo said. Piper, I need your help. Talk to the cage. What? She said. Talk to it. Use everything you've got. Convince Gaia to sleep. Lull her into a daze. Just... Slow her down. Try to get the tendrils to loosen while I... Right. Uh, Piper cleared her throat and said, Hey, Gaia. Nice night, huh? Boy, I'm tired. How are you? Ready for some sleep? The more she talked, the more confident she sounded. Jason felt his own eyes getting heavy, and he had to force himself not to focus on her words. It seemed to have some effect on the cage. The mud was rising more slowly. The tendrils seemed to soften just a little, becoming more like tree root than rock. Leo pulled a a circular saw out of his tool belt. How it fit in there? Jason had no idea. Then Leo looked at the cord and grunted in frustration. I don't have anywhere to plug it in. The spirit horse Tempest jumped into the pit and whinnied. Really? Jason asked. Tempest dipped his head and trotted over to Leo. 
Leo looked dubious, but he held it, uh, held up the plug, and a breeze whisked it into the horse's flank. Lightning sparked, connecting the, with the prongs of the plug, and the circular saw whirred to life. Sweet! Leo grinned. Your horse comes with AC outlets. Their good mood didn't last long. On the other side of the pool, the giant spire crumbled with a sound like a tree snapping in half. Its outer sheath of tendrils exploded from the top down, raining stone and wood shards as the giant shook himself free and climbed out of the earth. Jason, I thought, hadn't thought anything could be scarier than Enceladus. He was wrong. Porphyrian was even taller and even more ripped. He didn't radiate heat or show any signs of breathing fire, but there was something more terrible about him. A kind of strength, even magnetism, as if the giant were so huge and dense, he had his own gravitational field. Like Enceladus, the giant king was humanoid from the waist up, clad in bronze armor, and from the waist down, he had scaly dragon legs, but his skin was the color of lima beans. His hair was green as summer leaves, braided in long locks and decorated with weapons, daggers, axes, and full-sized swords, some of them bent and bloody. Maybe trophies taken from demigods eons before. When the giant opened his eyes, they were blank white, like polished marble. He took a deep breath. Alive, he bellowed. Praise to Gaia. Jason made a heroic little whimpering sound he hoped his friends couldn't hear. He was very sure no demigod could solo this guy. Porphyrian could lift mountains. He could crush Jason with one finger. Leo, Jason said. Huh? Leo's mouth was wide open. Even Piper seemed dazed. You guys keep working, Jason said. Get Hera free. What are you going to do? Piper asked. You can't seriously entertain a giant? Jason said, I've got no choice. Excellent, the giant roared as Jason approached. An appetizer. Who are you? Hermes? Ares? Jason thought about going with that idea, but something told him not to. I'm Jason Grace, he said, son of Jupiter. Those white eyes bored into him. Behind him, Leo Circular saw a word, and Piper talked to the cage in soothing tones, trying to keep the fear out of her voice. Porphyrian threw back his head and laughed. Outstanding! He looked up at the cloudy night sky. So Zeus, you sacrifice a son to me? The gesture is appreciated, but it will not save you. The sky didn't even rumble. No help from above. Jason was on his own. He dropped his makeshift club. His hands were covered in splinters. But that didn't matter now. He had to buy Leo and Piper some time. And he couldn't do that without a proper weapon. It was time to act a lot, a whole lot more confident than he felt. If you knew who I was, Jason yelled up at the giant. You'd be worried about me, not my father. I hope you enjoyed your two and a half minutes of rebirth, giant, because I'm going to send you right back to Tartarus. The giant's eyes narrowed. He planted one foot outside the pool and crouched to get a better look at his opponent. So, we'll start by boasting, will we? Just like old times. Very well, demigod. I am Porphyrian, king of the giants, son of Gaia. In olden times, I rose from Tartarus, the abyss of my father, to challenge the gods. To start the war, I stole Zeus's queen. He grinned at the goddess's cage. Hello, Hera. My husband destroyed you once, monster. Hera said, he'll do it again. 
But he didn't, my dear. Zeus wasn't powerful enough to kill me. He had to rely on a puny demigod to help, and even then, we almost won. This time, we will complete what we started. Gaia is waking. She has provisioned us with many fine servants. Our armies will shake the earth, and we will destroy you at the roots. You wouldn't dare, Hera said, but she was weakening. Jason could hear it in her voice. Piper kept whispering to the cage and Leo kept sighing, but the earth was still rising. Inside Hera's prison, covering up to her waist. Oh, yes. Titans sought to attack your new home in New York. Bold but ineffective. Gaia is wiser and more patient. And we, her greatest children, are much, much stronger than Kronos. We know how to kill you Olympians once and for all. You must be dug up completely like rotten trees. Your eldest roots turned out and brown, burned. The giant frowned in Piper Leo as if he just noticed them working at the cage. Jason stepped forward and yelled to get back Porphyrin's attention. You said a demigod killed you, he shouted. How if we're so puny? Ha! You think I would explain it to you? I was created to be Zeus's replacement, born to destroy the lord of the sky. I shall take his throne. I shall take his wife. Or, if she will not have me, I will let the earth consume her life's force. What you see before you, child, is only my weakened form. I will grow stronger by the hour until I am invincible. But I'm already quite capable of smashing you to a grease spot. He rose to his full height and held out his hand, a twenty-foot spear shot from the earth. He grasped it, then stomped to the ground with his dragon's feet. The ruins shook all around the courtyard, monsters started to regather. Storm spirits, wolves, and earthborn all answering the giant king's call. Great, Leo muttered. We needed more enemies. Hurry, Hera said. I know, Leo snapped. Go to sleep, Cage. Piper said, nice, sleepy cage. Yes, I'm talking to a bunch of earthen tendrils. This isn't weird at all. Porphyrian raked his spear across the top of the ruins, destroying a chimney and spraying wood and stone across the courtyard. So, child of Zeus, I have finished my boasting. Now it's your turn. What were you saying about destroying me? Jason looked at the ring of monsters, waiting impatiently for their master's orders to tear them to shreds. Leo's circular saw kept whirring, and Piper kept talking, but it seemed hopeless. Hera's cage was almost completely filled with earth. I'm the son of Jupiter, he shouted, and just for effect, he summoned the winds, rising a few feet off the ground. I'm a child of Rome, consul to demigods, praetor of the First Legion. Jason didn't know quite what he was saying, but he rattled off the words like he'd said them many times before. He held out his eye. He held out his arms, showing the tattoo of the eagle and SPQR. And to his surprise, the giant seemed to recognize it. For a moment, Porphyrian actually looked uneasy. I slew the Trojan sea monster, Jason continued. I toppled the black throne of Kronos and destroyed the Titan Kreos with my own hands. And now I'm going to destroy you, Porphyrian, and feed you to your own wolves. Wow, dude, Leo muttered. You been eating red meat? Jason launched himself at the giant, determined to tear him apart. The idea of fighting a 40-foot-tall immortal bear-handed was so ridiculous. Even the giant seemed surprised. Half flying, half leaping, Jason landed on the giant's scaly reptilian knee and climbed up the, Jason, the giant's arm before Porphyrian even realized what had happened. You dare? The giant bellowed. 
Jason reached his shoulders, then ripped a sword out of the giant's weapon-filled braids. He yelled, For Rome! and drove the sword into the nearest convenient target, the giant's massive ear. Lightning streaked out of the sky and blasted the sword, throwing Jason free. He rolled when he hit the ground. When he looked up, the giant was staggering. His hair was on fire and the side of his face was blackened from lightning. The sword had splintered in his ear. Golden ichor ran down his jaw. The other weapons were sparking and smoldering in his braids. Porphyrian almost fell. The circle of monsters let out a collective growl and moved out or forward. Wolves and ogres fixing their eyes on Jason. No! Porphyrian yelled. He regained his balance and glared at the demigod. I will kill him myself. The giant raised his spear and it began to glow. You want to play with lightning, boy? You forget. I am the bane of Zeus. I was created to destroy your father which means I know exactly what will kill you. Something in Porphyrian's voice told Jason he wasn't bluffing. Jason and his friends had had a good run. The three of them had done amazing things. Yeah, even heroic things. But as the giant raised his spear, Jason knew there was no way he could deflect the strike. This was the end. Got it, Leo yelled. Sleep! Piper said so forcefully, the nearest wolves fell to the ground and began snoring. The stone and wood cage crumbled. Leo had sawed through the base of the thicket's tendril and cu- apparently cut off the cage- cage's connection to Gaia. The tendrils turned to dust. The mud around Hera disintegrated. The goddess grew in size, glowing with power. Yes, the goddess said. She threw off her black robes to reveal a white gown, her arms bedecked with golden jewelry. jewelry. Her face was both terrible and beautiful, and a golden crown glowed in her long black hair. Now I shall have her my my revenge. The giant Porphyrian backed away. He said nothing, but he gave Jason one last look of hatred. His message was clear. Another time. Then he slammed his spear against the earth, and the giant disappeared into the ground, like he'd dropped down a chute. Around the courtyard, monsters began to panic and retreat, but... There was no escape for them. Hera glowed brighter. She shouted, Cover your eyes, my heroes! Jason was too much in shock. He understood too late. He watched as Hera turn into a supernova, exploding in a ring of force that vaporized every monster instantly. Jason fell, light searing into his mind, and his last thought was that his body was burning. And that's the end of chapter 50. I'm very, that was a very, that was an amazing chapter. That was a very, you know, that was great to see the different types of battle styles they had to improvise in order to beat Porphyrian, who is definitely much more different compared to Enceladus. And I'd say much more stronger than Enceladus. But I was, I'm, I'm very glad that they were able to figure out a way to finally be able to beat him. And I would, I really would like to say, you know, props to Jason for being able to, distract him for that long and having the courage to be able to face a 40 foot tall giant just so that his friends could were able could could be able to free Hera and I guess the prophecy did come well it always comes true but it um you know uh Leo and Piper were able to prove that the Dove and Forge are able to break the cage and that maybe they, they they might they probably will be able to beat Gaia. They might have a stronger chance at beating Gaia. And maybe Gaia is probably seeing this and might be a little bit intimidated by this trio. And hopefully that 
nothing like the last Titan War ever happens again, and that Gaia actually is able to back down or fall into another, um, you know, eons of slumber before, and hopefully she never wakes up, but we'll have to see what happens, because we were left on a very shocking end with Jason's body burning, so we'll have to see what exactly will happen to Jason and how exactly they're gonna solve this burning issue. But next week, we're going to read chapter 51 and 52. I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, episode. And if you guys would like to support me, my Patreon is linked below in the description of my podcast. Uh, this is totally optional, but if you wish to, you may go ahead. Um, again, thank you all. And until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom.